Well, um, hello, Lloyd. Oh, hi. Is, is, that, is that you, Emma? Oh, I think it might be. Um, oh, my word. We're back. We are. Hello. Season three for What It's Earth podcast. We've made it. I was We've about to post-lockdown, but I, I, I suppose we're coming in at the tail end of lockdown still for a lot of people. We're, s- we're still in some reduction zone. Things yes. are still slightly how, restricted. How have you been? I've been I've been pretty good, you know. I um I have to I'm very fortunate that I like working from home. I've got good internet speed, so I've still been able to kind of do everything and speak to everyone in the wonderful digital age that we live in. I can go outside and look at my vegetable patch whenever I feel a bit stressed. Um no, I'm I'm all right. I was getting a bit tired though of not seeing friends and family. Yes, um so I'm looking forward to things reducing. Yeah, but h- how about you? You've welcomed a new member of uh, the family into your life. I made it sound like you just had a baby. I You've have got a not new dog. had a child. I've had a dog which um <laughs> arguably is as much work. <laughs> it's uh yeah, her name's Doris. Little Doris. Um if Aww. if the fans so desire um, you can uh, request a picture. I, to I our think there might media. need to be a picture. Um, yeah. I'll try and make it environmentally. I'll put her by a plant or something. Um, no, she's she's great. She's um, a bit of a handful. So we, she's a Romanian rescue dog, um, and she's very sweet. And she had a hard life before she came to us. Um, and um, she's shown our love a few times by by biting us. But apart from that, those are getting fewer. <laughs> We're training her. She's doing very well, and she's very flipping cute. Is a problem. She is. She's yeah. very cute. I mean, I've only seen her via Zoom, but she's incredibly cute. No, yeah. well done. Well done, you. That's that's a very nice oh, thing to have done, and must be lovely it. to have another 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 little creature pottering yep. around the house. Yeah, that's two dogs and three cats in the house at the moment. And when will you be selling tickets to the inevitable zoo that you're going to be curating? Soon. Uh, I need at least one more species, <laughs> I think, before you can call it a zoo. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I've also been working from home, um, discovered uh, quite quickly that internet drops out when someone uses the microwave. Um, oh no, really? Yeah. Um, oh, that's quite a quite Sort of depends on, on proximity too, but um, other than that, fine. So um, I suppose we'll revisit, we'll dust off the old podcast segments. People can't see what I'm doing, but I'm doing like a dusting motion. You're, you're uh, dusting the we'll, microphone. I'm dusting the microphone. Here we go. Yeah, well, to anyone um, new who has joined us, we are for What It's Earth podcast, um, where we break down big environmental or climate change or sustainability issues, make them a bit bite-sized, have a bit of a giggle, as we do, and we ask, you know, what can we do about them? So yeah. every week we look at a different topic. That's that's kind of the pitch, isn't it? That's what we do. I'd, I'd say that's probably what we do. Yeah, that sounds yeah. very good. I, I'm having trouble remembering because it's been a while since season two. Um, <laughs> yeah, green stuff. So green um, stuff. from what I remember... Um, way back when we would always do a what one good thing have you done this week segment um, but I think we can be generous and extend it to the last couple of weeks because we've seen each okay. other in a while so go on then what what one good thing have you done recently actually mine does extend throughout the period of of lockdown and podcast hiatus I've been growing my own food I've got completely obsessed with vegetable gardening I have an incredibly small garden but I have I've packed as many plants in as I possibly can and I've not been like living entirely off my garden but I've had a lot of courgettes 
uh, a lot of carrots, some parsnips, some beans, some peas, and it's, it's insanely exciting. Uh, I, I am do, do, do genuinely thrilled. They're all excellent, yes. Yeah? We've actually been having far too many courgettes. Uh, you would never have imagined that there, there could be such thing as too many courgettes you what, from one plant. But I make a, a banging, um, that's uh, banging with an apostrophe. Um, oh, right, no G, drop the G, nice. Courgette lasagna. Oh, I haven't mm. tried that. Courgette, I, I will bother you for the recipe. That'll you may, there are two ways you can make it. You can either layer it in slices or you can shred it and use oh. it that way. Well, I've got enough courgette. I'll try it both ways. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well. <laughs> nice. What about you? What have you been? What have you been doing? That's good. Um, uh, like uh, many responsible people in the country, I have been buying a face mask. Um, uh, I bought one which is from Two Thirds, which a lot of people might have heard of. It's a sustainable clothing company. Very nice. Um, so this face mask is a very lovely olivey green colour. It um, has a little picture of a whale on it, and it's made, uh, importantly, it's made 100% cotton, and it's also um, designed and made in Portugal. Mm, very nice. Oh, actually, it so... might be designed in Barcelona, made in Portugal, but that Iberian vibe all the way through. Generally um, not far. Not far. So that's, oh, that's nice. uh, pretty good yeah I've, I've... so you're being safe and stylish i like it yes it took a bit of getting used to wearing a mask out outdoors mm. well I, I sort of wear it whenever i go to supermarkets now um or petrol stations that sort of thing and you, you kind of forget you're doing it after a while to be honest yeah um, you get used to having a really hot sweaty nose yeah yeah it's fine it's absolutely fine just stop complaining everyone <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, well, that kind of sets the tone. Let's bring it back to the C word. Uh, let's let's mix in a bit of the L word and explore the E word. We Coronavirus, playing, we Scrabble, What's going? lockdown, <laughs> and the environment. This is right. our topic for the week. <laughs> you guys, you listeners, you requested this in your droves, and I know we've been silent for a few months, but you know we've had thousands emails, of emails, a few <laughs> thousands. We've, People have messaged us on Instagram and I've even, I've even had texts requesting this um, as a topic. So here goes. And half about... of those were me. So <laughs> You were a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how could we not really? How can we not have this as our, as our first yeah. topic to welcome back the series? It's something that's impacted um, just about every life on the planet, which is uh, pretty amazing. Um, and as you'd expect, it's had far-reaching environmental consequences some well a lot of it is remains to be properly seen mm. um and sorted out as as you'll find out through the episode um i think a lot yeah, of people we're, we're just looking at it as a as it's been a few months in, as opposed to last time we looked at it we were literally a few weeks in and we didn't want to make guesses we're still making guesses but slightly more educated guesses and those will evolve in the next couple of years like you said yes there's yeah. there plenty of things that we don't know there are enough uh, news articles now for us to pillage and uh, pass off as our own knowledge and information so it's a lot easier <laughs> Shh, don't tell them that we do that <laughs> i mean uh science we've been doing so much science <laughs> so much science has been done so one of the exciting things that has come out of this whole crazy, awful pandemic situation is that there does seem to have been a very widespread increased interest and value placed on nature. But the big question is, will it last? 
you know, are we all more excited about our green spaces because for a period of time that's all we were allowed to go to and visit? But will, as things open up, will we start to forget about or lose that new love that people have found? That's that's kind of one of the big questions at the moment as we're approaching this kind of reduced lockdown easing phase. Yeah, and you were telling me earlier about um, Natural England's uh, State of Nature report, which um, sounded pretty exciting. People and Nature Survey, yeah. There we go. So they... So they run this um, People and Nature survey. It's, it's online and it runs every year and it runs throughout the year as well. So they basically gather data every month so they can look at um, attitudes towards nature and behavioural changes. Um, and they started having a look at how coronavirus is impacting people's thoughts about nature and, and, and you know, their behaviours regarding nature, particularly since lockdown was introduced so they did find that obviously as you might guess in april people were spending less time outside that's because that was when the heavy restrictions came in and people were genuinely really scared um and not really wanting to go outside but as we learned a bit more and then we were allowed to go out for our you know once a day twice a day exercise um that actually loads more people were spending more time outside and 33 percent were spending more time actually noticing nature and wildlife when they were outside which is really nice. because So they're actually taking that time to pay attention to what's around them. And 87% of adults actually agreed that being in nature makes me happy, in inverted commas, and that natural spaces and green spaces um, would be really good for their mental health as, and their well-being. So, so their data is kind of showing that it's, it's been a really valuable tool for people during lockdown. Um, but yeah, but particularly if people are spending more time exercising outdoors, um, you know, if you can't go to gyms and stuff, um, people who would probably, you know, be running or doing their hit classes are doing them in, in the parks instead. You know, people are saying they're spending more time taking notice of everyday nature. So listening to birdsong and noticing butterflies were two of the things that people are ticking and saying, yes, I'm doing this more than I was last year, which is amazing. Well, what's quite um, interesting as well is apparently uh, Google Trends. So it's the sort of Google service that tracks um, what people are searching for at any given time. Um, Google Trends said that uh, at at sort of the the peak of the, the lockdowns worldwide, um, globally, the number of searches for bird sounds, identified trees, and growing plants doubled from the year previously. Oh, fantastic! So people are not only out there; they're um, trying to take more of an interest. I'd like to think in, in they're what they're doing. They're wanting to learn and understand, which is brilliant because that's often a prerequisite to doing something about caring about it. You know, yeah. first you seek understanding, and then you try and act to protect it, which is brilliant. But I, do you know what? I think we're very lucky. This is awful. Mm. I do think we are in some ways quite lucky about the timing of it all because lockdown happened just as spring was ready to really burst into its crazy beautiful effects. We had the dawn chorus finally at a time where there was no traffic in the mornings. Yeah. So the, the loudest thing you could hear in the mornings was the most magnificent bird song that you'd probably not necessarily ever really noticed before. Yeah, I, I was down um, at my local park uh, not long after when we could do the, the one exercise a day and it, I just I stood there for a, for a while just because you couldn't hear any traffic all you could hear was the birds and the trees it, it was it was, um, it was yeah it was great um so if if, if we were going to be enchanted by nature at any time it was the perfect time to fall in love with it i think because you yeah. see all the flowers blooming you start to see all the the caterpillars and the butterflies and everything's just started to come out you watch it all working together and it's just yeah yeah so and what we're hoping for in many ways is something called a, a spillover effect um mm. where you sort of get exposed to certain environmental 
or pro-environmental behaviours, and that leads you to take up some more and some more, and it sort of just ripples from there. Um, so that might be, um, for example, when people are at home, you become more aware maybe of your energy usage. You become more mm. aware of how much waste you're using, how much food you're eating, um, how much meat you're eating, perhaps. And that awareness might hopefully, potentially transfer to people's uh, like greater lives. Maybe they're in the, mm. in the supermarket, they'll make different choices because they're aware of how much they're eating. Um, so yeah, actually talking about how much you're eating, um, that same Natural England report also looked at how much food waste people were saying that they were throwing away because obviously we've got a problem with real wastage of food in this country it's 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 bonkers but because there was this fear of i don't know when i'm next going to go to the supermarket or when i'm next going to be able to find food people were wasting so much less food which is something that would be really great if it could continue Mm. um although having said that the i think it's the government's um like waste authority called rap did a survey recently which showed that yes it reduced but it has started to creep back up again um but we're still not at the kind of the pre-lockdown levels of food waste so that could potentially be something that is quite good to come out of this now that we're looking at resources as something that is not ever you know ever present yeah exactly i mean i've seen argued that um the real challenge is that, yeah, we're seeing a lot of good things. Um, well, I, I, I should be careful when I say good things in the middle of a deadly pandemic, but mm. we're seeing um, in terms of the environment, perhaps certain positive signs. Um, but the problem is that uh, the structure for the lives that we had previously is still there. It's just waiting for us to go back to it. So it's about yeah. all, all the stories I've read or the analysis I've read seems to really say that it's a we have the opportunity it's not a given um it's a real opportunity for um societies to really grasp mm. if if they want to take it and it's been quite interesting um actually that i didn't know too much about this previously but um you might have heard of the climate assembly uk mm-hmm. um so it's a citizens assembly um in in the united kingdom um which was set up to try and get the opinions of uh, the av- average person or the, the best sort of cut through of British life to sort of take account of all the different demographics in the UK and how people view nature, the environment. Um, and because of the timing of um, COVID, uh, Parliament sort of went back to them and said, oh, can you also talk about um, the impact of coronavirus and how you want to see a green recovery because everyone's talking about the green recovery um, mm. in terms of economics. Um, so I should say that the Citizens Assembly um, started off, they sent out like 30,000 invites uh, to people in the UK randomly. Um, so if you didn't get one, that's why it wasn't anything personal, which is random. Um, <laughs> 1,500 people then replied saying, yeah, I want to be a part of it. And then 110 people were chosen from there. Oh, right. Can you hear the dog? It's the new the new podcast mascots just making new, themselves new podcast known. mascot. <laughs> She's she wants to say. Um, She's like, why haven't you mic'd me up? And then 110 people were chosen to be representative society. So then they were meeting a, a couple of times a month, I think it was, or something like that. Um, and yeah, then they were tasked about talking about the coronavirus lockdown as well. And what was nice was they didn't stop their meetings they went to zoom they had little sub meetings they had guest speakers come on and talk to them over zoom so uh, well done 
those people for carrying on your your citizen duty. Um, so that group, that citizen assembly, um, eight out of ten members said uh, economic measures for recovery should be designed to meet net zero targets. And even more, 93% uh, said the government and employers should encourage lifestyle changes as well to cut emissions. Mm. So I think what's quite interesting then is that you've got public support. Because I saw another poll which said something like only 9% of Britons want to go back to the way things were before. Good. So, I mean, so there's I'm not the support. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah. I think, you know, you're, you're right. I think I know we've all been forced into this new environment, this new, um, new normal, as the, the buzzwords are. But there are a lot of benefits and a lot of people, I know a lot of people have really struggled um, and haven't got quite the same new habits or, or things just haven't worked out ideally for them. But for the vast majority of people, there do seem to have been positives at least to have found in this situation, which could be taken forward. And it's great to see that people are, are saying, hang on, this works better for me. For example, my work-life balance is so much better and now I'm not spending two hours a day commuting. There is... The idea of now being told you have to go back to this thing, which you accepted previously, but now you know what life is like without it and it is unnecessary. It, it, it's quite, you know, you feel it, it's almost like a personal attack, isn't it? You're like, why are you taking this away from me again? Yeah. You, you, it's, it's, so I do, I do think that if there's a, a large percentage of the public, particularly of the workforce that maybe don't need to be in the office, we've proven that plenty of us, provided we've got the right resources and the right Wi-Fi are able to do our jobs equally as well, if not better from home. If, if that's, you know, if that's, if you're still achieving the same results and you would like to work from home, it's a fantastic way or a fantastic opportunity for employers to allow you to a, have a better work-life balance and be happier at work, but you can reduce your own personal carbon footprint by not commuting. If you use public transport or something to go to work, obviously if you're cycling is a bit different, but it's, yeah, I, I, I do think we would struggle to motivate everyone to go back to what was quite clearly quite a broken way of society because so many people were miserable. Yeah, and actually... That was a really long-winded way of saying, I'm not going back to my office. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have to drag you out kicking and screaming, chain yourself to your desk. But uh, what the pandemic has shown um, is definitely that um, the public will make changes um if you show them what the problem is in this case it was a deadly pandemic that you know could infect a lot of people and did infect a lot of people um but but people made those changes because they saw the reason why um and crucially i think the motivation came from government level um because mm. the government stepped in and said yes we have to do this you're going to do this and everyone was like oh okay fine and we did it um, so that's maybe you can quite easily draw parallels into how we're responding to the climate crisis. I um, mean, that maybe government hasn't been as forceful stepping in because clearly that people will do it. Mm. It's tough, isn't it? Because with the climate crisis, you don't see immediate threat to life, do you? In quite the same way, which so I can understand why they're almost putting off, especially when politicians have like a four year term in, you know, it's all about the next election cycle, isn't it? It's all about staying in public favour. Um, and I, I can imagine they might not um, survive an election if they suddenly treated coronav or, uh, coronavirus or climate change in the same way as they've treated coronavirus. Um, even though that's kind of what the planet needs, you can, I, I understand why they're not going. I don't agree with them for not doing it that way. But yeah, it, like you said, it is, it is really interesting to see that if they do throw their weight around, 
and give valid reasoning for doing certain things, mm. change can happen. I actually, I read because so at the beginning of it all, there were lots of like very positive news stories coming out regarding the environment, weren't there? There was lots of like, oh, Venice's canals are now completely clean because there's no pollution and there are dolphins coming back in and marine life is now thriving in one of the like most polluted cities. Um, China's now got no air pollution because it just switched off all of its manufacturing. We were hearing all of these amazing things and, and you know, like wildlife reclaiming cities. You've got those um, <laughs> those goats, haven't you? In Hlandidno, uh, uh, I think yeah. you, you pronounce it. <laughs> the mountain goats that were just like, yep, this village is ours now, actually. Um, it was amazing how, because um, there were some other stories around the world of similar things, and it was amazing actually how quickly they moved in when there mm. wasn't that sudden barrier of traffic and people. They were like, cool, we can go there today. <laughs> and they just marched in. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So all of these stories were, look how quickly nature can recover when we let it, which was amazing. Um, but then slowly the narrative kind of changed, didn't it? Um, it? It went from celebrating, oh, wow, look, let's just leave nature alone. It's so much better without us, to, oh, uh, are we actually going to have a good impact on nature? Oh, are we actually going to be able to sustain any of this? Um, mm, are we all slipping back to normal? Um, it, it was quite... I, f- I feel like the news outlets um, changed their tack relatively quickly. They did. I mean, it, it's one of those things where I think we do still need to be really positive, um, but a lot of it remains to be seen. We can't take it for, for granted because um, back in 2008, 2009, financial crash happened, of course, um, and there was a, a large drop in carbon output then. And everyone said, oh, maybe this could be the final turning point. Um, but it bounced. Like, after that first drop, it bounced back and then it started going up again. Um, but we have now seen, after this pandemic, it's the biggest um, single carbon crash that's ever been recorded um, mm. since we started, you know, producing all this carbon in the, in the industrial, um, industrial revolution. Mm. But what we have seen is... Um, energy demand this year dropped by um globally around six percent which is the equivalent of india dropping off the grid for a year wow um, and after the the financial crash um we saw we were using 1.3 million fewer barrels a day than the year previously after the pandemic of oil, of oil. after the pandemic we're using 10 million fewer barrels of oil compared to last year so it's been a okay. big drop so but what i've seen is well from what i understand the difference with this sort of thing might be that compared to 10, 11 years ago, fossil fuels are less uh, enticing financially in terms of their financial viability uh, compared to renewable sources. So we saw, um, actually just before the pandemic, there was a sort of oil war, blah, 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 politics. Um, And then with the (laughs) pandemic, we were at a point where the barrel of oil was starting to, the cost of barrel of oil was starting to go negative, which meant it cost more to get it out the ground than it did to Gosh. sell it. So it wasn't financially viable for a lot of countries. Um, so that hopefully is the difference in that now we've got a ready-to-go renewable energy sector that can hopefully pick up the slack. It's just well, the government whether have just we made promises as well it. about... Yeah, well, this is, this is exactly it. So um, I, I don't think it's actually happened yet, but um, I was reading a news article just before we recorded about the government alluding to the fact that they would be announcing a new green investment bank which would basically facilitate greater investment in green projects and growth and helping the economy but also helping us meet climate targets by 
you know, I think they got a lot of backlash about the the build, build, build speech. Uh, everyone in the green environment was like, what the hell? We wanted a green economy uh, and a green recovery. And then that didn't really seem to fit. But um, so now they've said, OK, listen, we'll we'll talk about starting up this green investment bank, um, which could could. Yeah, which could have the potential to really kickstart or at least help us recover in a more green way. But basically, yeah, the so. governments, we used to have a version of it. And then they sold it in uh, 2017. They gave up on it after about five uh, years, wasn't it? Yeah. So what was the point of that? Like, uh, anyway, I mean, they got like 1.6 billion for it. But but even so, (laughs) they've clearly thought, hmm, maybe that wasn't the best idea. And they might be bringing that back. So that that would be good. But, um, you know... No guarantee it's going to happen, but again, you could argue times good thing. have changed because since then we've had uh, Greta Thunberg, we've had uh, Extinction Rebellion, we've had school strike increased for climate, public interest. P- yeah. p- increased public interest, and more people are mm. wanting to see these changes. So we'll see. I mean, the thing that gives me hope as well is that you've got now um, something called the C40. So it's a consortium of um, consortium is that the right word? It's a group of mayors that represents or in charge of uh, 40 of the largest cities in the world. Um, so stretching from Europe, America, Asia, etc. And this network is, they say, committed to addressing climate change. They're trying to get solutions for their cities that they can share uh, expertise of. Since COVID-19 started, apparently they're holding bi-weekly meetings. So it's nice to see this is taken mm. seriously by people with power. Because, I mean, perhaps not so much in the UK, but in a lot of cities worldwide, mayors have a lot of power of what goes on in their cities. Mm. Um, and we've seen, haven't we? We've seen loads of stories. Um, so like Milan is going to turn over 22 miles of streets to walking and cycling. Uh, Bogota in Colombia, 75 miles. Traffic free. New York wants to open up 100 miles. So hopefully that'll stick. I suppose. Yeah. It's all just a lot of, please, please keep doing it. <laughs> please. Please continue on this trajectory. Um, oh, and also... And also in the UK, um, there's a two billion pound package that's been announced, which is quite nice um, for cycling and walking infrastructure. And apparently, GPs can now prescribe cycling exercise, which is very good. Um, oh. And they'll like loan them uh, some e-bikes to use, for example, or really? they can um, give people bike repair vouchers as well. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, Dr. Amir Khan's very vocal about prescribing the natural health service. Yeah. Yeah. So if if, if you've got a bike, you can um, go on the on the website. Sorry. Oh, fab. No, I like the sound of that. Yeah, there's there's lots of talk about how nature will help us recover. As Normally, it's we need to help nature recover. And that's still definitely the narrative. But particularly in this time, it's it's how nature can help us recover as well, which is really important, I think, for just really illustrating how intrinsically our lives always have been and kind of should be linked, us and nature. It shouldn't be an us and them because we do rely very heavily on each other. Yeah. Do you know what I do think? I think might come out of this, I hope will come out of this, is that um, we're all going to love the UK a bit more. I think in this country we have a, a, you know, we think, oh, Britain's always raining, it's rubbish. The moment you have any annual leave, it's like, get me on the next cheap EasyJet flight to anywhere I can go. Uh, that will be better than here. And because we're forced now, really, to have a lot more staycations, I'm really hopeful that people will fall in love a lot more with the with the amazing nature that we have here. Some of our coastlines are staggering. We've got the most beautiful national parks. We've got some incredible mountain ranges. I, I really do hope that maybe people will consider 
having more holidays here instead of fleeing to a, a beach somewhere on a Balearic island with music blaring from a beach bar and sangria on tap. Actually, that sounds lovely. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. But, um, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> One fun story I did find. We, we're kind of we're doom and glooming a bit here, but um, I did find a few a few a few sprinkling of uh, nice stories. But um, one thing that was really nice was obviously like a lot of us were off work or unable to do our jobs in a normal capacity. And one such group were often um, people who work for the council that would be mowing road verges. So in spring, when all the wildflowers are blooming, road verges were not getting mown, which meant that there were so there were hundreds more miles, probably thousands more miles of the UK allowed to grow wild and allowed to let seed and to have loads of wildflowers. So not only is that like much prettier, if you were driving down the odd road or walking down it because roads have been empty and we've just been walking in roads, which is lovely. Um, but it, it, it's brilliant. Suddenly these normally quite ugly and overlooked road verges can support a huge biodiversity of insects, which we know we need to do anyway, which is great. So I just thought, well, maybe next time, next year council, why bother um, spending the money on mowing the road verges? Just... It sounds like councils have listened to our episode on uh, rewilding. Oh, that's probably it. Yes, yeah, that's right. that's yeah, probably yeah. the number one that'll be, that'll uh, factor it. there. <laughs> um, one really interesting thing I was reading, um, so I should preface this by saying that, of course, I recognise um, pandemic was a terrible thing, is a terrible thing, um, and uh, people, mm-hmm. a lot of people have unfortunately died. Um, it's interesting that um, one study has estimated that there were technically 11,000 fewer deaths uh, from pollution um, in Europe. So obviously I'd, this is offset wow. by the number of people dying in the pandemic. But if you, for example, imagined that this reduction in pollution wasn't due to a pandemic and we just reduced it on our own accord uh, to these levels, mm. we could have arrived at around 11,000 fewer deaths in Europe alone. So there were 6,000 fewer children that developed asthma, um, wow. 600 fewer pre-births apparently. Wow. Um, they also said there were however many thousand fewer visits to the A&E, but I reckon that's because people stayed away from overcrowded hospitals, to be honest. Yeah, I um, think people that had little niggling things or small things that went to A&E probably then didn't. Yeah, but I mean, if you couple this with the fact that people were or are more likely to die, um, it's been shown in high pollution areas... So high pollution has been linked to, to uh, mortality um, from COVID. Um, it's, mm. it's a no-brainer that we need to reduce pollution. Um, and it's, it's things like that that I think might... We were talking earlier about uh, the public responding particularly well when you can see the um, risks and the benefits of, of an action. So when you extend it to just um, this abstract, ah, oh, benefits environment. If you say your health depends on this, then... Hopefully we can see um, an improvement going forward. Yep, definitely. You remember decades ago when we did our last episode, we did, um, we, when we I was started a young making man. that list. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we started, we made that list um, of things that people could do to connect with nature um, while, you know, locked in their houses. And there was a, we found loads of citizen science things that people could get involved in. 
Well, there's been a huge uptake, actually, and I'm not saying this is directly because of us, even though I'm sure it is. Um, there's been a huge uptake of people getting involved in citizen science. So things like Zooniverse, um, the BTO's Big Garden Bird Watch, the Butterfly Conservation Society have like a big butterfly count every year. And they've actually said that they've had a, a huge amount of interest from people that have not paid attention to butterflies in previous years. But this is the year that they've suddenly gone, oh my God, there's loads of butterflies in the garden. Amazing. And I'm actually spending time in the garden. So I'm I'm like interested. Presumably also great. a result of our episode on butterflies. Exactly, exactly. We're trendsetters, Lloyd. We've, we've done a lot this year for the planet. <laughs> right, so on a similar thing, um, I was looking at something called Earth Project Live. Did you oh, see yeah. this? Um, so you can send scientists uh, your wildlife lockdown experiences and recordings, that sort of thing. Um, and they'll use it in their analysis of how COVID's and lockdowns have impacted um, us and our connection to nature. Um, and then they'll make them available to all afterwards. I think their first um, report on what's been sent in so far is due out really soon as well. Earth Project Live. Oh, okay. Oh, very nice. Hey, listen, what, what are your thoughts on packaging and plastic waste and everything that's going on now? Because we, I think we're getting to a point, I say we, you know, the general public, it feels as though we're getting to a point where we're used to more starting to demand less plastic. Uh, and now we need plastic. The demand for plastic in terms of PPE has obviously risen. And that's an essential use of plastic. And I completely, that's... Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying no to that at all. But also, we're all getting more takeaways that are coming in single-use plastic or just takeaway tubs. We're not allowed to take our own reusable coffee cups, yep. which we were all getting into the habit of doing. Yeah. You, do you share my fear that we're going to slip back into some of those habits because now we're almost forced to, or you know, and they were always easier anyway, and that's why they became habits. I don't know. I'm nervous. I'm worried. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how it will go. I'm really hoping that. Um the habits people have started to pick up will continue in terms of uh, the habits picked up pre-lockdown when everyone was mm. starting to reuse and reduce plastics. I mean, we see, for example, incre like massive increases in medical waste and masks and gloves and things. I'm not, I'm not criticising that because that's a necessity right now. Um, mm. We've always stood behind that, yeah. Exactly. It's, yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to go because obviously, as well, the problem I found is um, local... Um, Recycling centres closed. They only accept mm. very limited things. So I've got a whole flipping cupboard of Tetra Pak cartons that are waiting uh, for months and months and months to be recycled. That's very good of you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I nearly cracked a few times. <laughs> I've got no food, but I have got 37 Tetra Pak cartons. Yes, I will build, I will build my own refinery soon out of these Tetra Paks. Um, that would be great. So I'm, yeah... Uh, I don't know is, is the answer to that. I really hope mm. we'll... I, I, I can absolutely see why it's happened, that people have slipped back into old habits because it's kind of had to happen. Um, I think mm. someone on our, on our Instagram was pointing out that they went for some ice cream recently, weren't they? And it, it came in... Oh, yes, that, that came band. up, actually. Yeah. Somebody said that they'd... Um, yeah, they would normally go and just have a cone of ice cream and that would be it. You'd eat the packaging because you eat the cone. Um, and then they actually ended up having their their local ice cream place was giving you spoons and plastic tubs instead and um she was quite annoyed that that had happened which is which is fair enough from the glass jar is their um instagram handle so on that note you know we normally we normally wrap with uh, kind of what can we do don't we we try and give people actions that can be useful and this is quite a tough one and obviously all of our normal things still stand i suppose like keep caring about your local patch 
you know, keep um, supporting local. If you've started supporting local, try and keep high streets and things open. Um, but also, you know, we've we've proved that we don't need to travel necessarily for work. So maybe consider whether as things ease, whether you can stop doing that. You could also start volunteering for your local like wildlife trust or conservation group now that volunteering opportunities are starting to reopen if you've decided that you really want to, to do something about your local environment. But one of the things we've always said is one of the most powerful things to do is to write to your local MP, like figure out who they are, get their email address and write to them. And in your letter, you need to tell them who you are, what your address is or email address so they can reply to you and start a conversation. And you need to tell them exactly what it is that you want them to do. So you need to tell them if you're pissed off about HS2, you need to tell them that that is what you're concerned about. If you want them to vote a certain way on a certain issue, tell them explicitly, I'd like you to take this action. If they don't know that their constituents are really passionate about something, they're not going to they're not going to fight your corner. So um, start making your voice known, I think. Beautifully put. Um, thank you. I, I think there's a topic as well we will be revisiting, hopefully at some point soon, because, you know, the effects, not, not only is this not over, but uh, the, no. the effects haven't really been properly quantified and studied fully yet. So it'll be interesting to keep up with that as uh, reports come out. Um, so we'll leave it there for now, I think. Um, we will. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to... Oh, I haven't said this in a while. Are you ready? Go on. If you would like to keep the conversation going... Oh, it's back. <laughs> you can Facebook us at... For What Is Earth podcast. Very good. Uh, Twitter. At What Earth Pod. Instagram. For What Is Earth podcast. And you can also email us if you would like. At for what it's earth pod at gmail.com. And don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and leave us a cheeky five star review because we've probably dropped off most people's radars now that we've been gone for so long. So that would help. Yeah, if you us haven't massively. left us a review yet, um, I, as much as we hate plugging ourselves, if uh, reviews really help us stay on, um, like visible on uh, mm. uh, platforms like Spotify and iTunes. So please do leave us a review. Um, mm. Amazing. Now that uh, every celebrity ever started a podcast during lockdown, we're never going to get found. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, really I'm, I'm expecting the day when Jedward starts their own podcast. Oh, God, yeah. surely. And do you know what? It would probably perform better than we do. So that's that's quite... I really hope that They could happen. call it uh, Jed's Word. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. That's so That'd good. good oh. <laughs> Have you ever thought about a career in podcast marketing? <laughs> um, I have now. <laughs> And as always, please remember that everything we've said on this podcast, they're all our own views. They're nothing to do with anyone that we work for or with. So take it up with us if you have any comments. So, yeah, we'll, um, we'll see you soon then, guys. It's a, it's a pleasure to be back. Thanks for sticking with us. Woohoo! Bye! Thanks, everyone. Ta-ra!